welcome to Dig the Plot Podcast. I'm Jada Atwood. It's absolutely flying by, and before we get started today, I'd like to wish everyone a very happy Valentine's Day. I hope you have a great day on Tuesday. Uh, It's Sunday now. While I'm recording this, this will actually come out tonight. Most of you will listen to it on Monday. But my husband and I, I guess you would say, celebrated on Saturday. We had a great day, just us. The kids were off doing their own thing, and we went about an hour away from us to a town that's a little bit bigger. And we ate out, and we got crumble cookie. I was so excited about crumble cookies this week. Now, I would love to be a reviewer of crumble cookies. We love, we have one special girl that we watch on TikTok. We love to see, I don't know how we've come across picking her. I'm sure there's tons of reviews, but we love watching her, but... Every Sunday night at 7 o'clock, we get on the Crumble Cookie app, and we slowly scroll until we see all the cookies that are coming out. So this week, well, last week, actually, had my favorite cookie of all time, peanut butter banana. I love peanut butter. This cookie was the best cookie ever. It had the best consistency, the best peanut butter taste, and then it just threw in a hint of banana. It was so good. And then they also had one called the Kentucky Butter Cake. My gosh, it was so good, too. So I think, honestly, those are now my top two crumble cookies. So we do go quite often. Like I said, it's not really that much of a drive, and then we do a little bit of shopping. We love to go to a book outlet that is located there. So we had a really great day, just a great, relaxing day. And, of course, then we had to get groceries, so that wasn't fun. But we love crumble cookies, and we always get excited when it's time for those to be debuted on Sunday night. So... Anyway, we were glad we made the drive for the peanut butter banana. So, like I said, happy Valentine's Day. If I were to read romance books, I'm sure this that would be my focus during the month of February. But as we all know, I do not read romance books. I am strictly a mystery thriller gal. But we are going to talk about Reese's Book Club pick for February. I said from the very beginning of the year that I was going to try and read every single one of her book club picks. And that's what I'm going to do. I don't care. I I really don't know how she picks her books. Last year, I somewhat paid attention to those. I feel like more toward the end of the year was kind of when I caught on to some of them because my library got them in. So I don't know if she tries to pick different genres or how she does it, but... Regardless, I'm going to do my best at reading them. So I did read the one for February. It is called The House of Eve by Sadiqa Johnson. And I would like to thank NetGalley and Simon & Schuster for allowing me to read that this month. I love NetGalley. I'm so excited to be a part of that community. Sometimes I get a little overzealous at requesting books. I don't know if anyone else does this, but I'll go through a slump of really not getting any, and then I'll panic and start requesting books that I'm just like, eh, maybe I'll like. Then they'll all pour in, and I'll have a ton of books. And right now, I have a ton of books to read on NetGalley, and I have a very good percentage on NetGalley for read and review. I've really only missed one or two, and honestly, I would like to dispute that because when I first started, I didn't see the archive date, so I didn't realize that, you know, the the one of them or two of them that I had chosen were going to be up really quick, and they would take them from me, so I feel like that's why I'm not at 100%, but that's neither here nor there, but love reading NetGalley books, and I've got a lot that I need to, to get after, but 
here we are, like I said, The House of Eve by Sadiqua Johnson, and eh, I was nervous that they were going to pick a really sappy romance novel, and while this book does have romance in it, there's not enough for it to have turned me off. It, it was a really good book. I'm glad that it wasn't all romance, just enough to get a point across, so, but it wasn't the main focus. This is an absolutely beautifully written book, so let me tell you a little bit about it. I always jump ahead of myself too much. My husband tells me I need to slow down. So, Ruby Persall is 15, and she is headed to becoming the first person in her family to attend college. She works really hard. She attends these classes on Saturday. In the beginning, you can find her. She keeps having setbacks. People don't, they're not helping her get to her goal. Let's put it that way. She's late. She's getting in trouble. And she knows that she's going to have to change something because she can't be late to class. This is the only way that she's ever going to get to college by completing this class. She wants to be an ophthalmologist. So right in the beginning, there is an incident between her and her mother's boyfriend. Um, he says for a quarter, which she needs for bus fare, she really has no choice or she's not going to make it to give him a kiss. Well, her mother walks in, and in that moment, you know, you know, Ruby's like, oh, thank goodness my mom's here. And her mom kicks her out. Her mom takes the boyfriend's side. And you can feel that. Like, that was heartbreaking for me that she did that. And kicks Ruby out, packs all of her stuff, and so Ruby has to go live with her Aunt Marie. Thankfully, her Aunt Marie loves her, wants to take care of her, does absolutely everything for her, so at least she has that. So while she's living with her Aunt Marie, she meets Shimmy. Now, his parents own the apartment building that they're living in, and he is a Jewish boy. And they start spending a lot of time together, Jew, uh, Shimmy professes his love for Ruby. Ruby has also fallen for Shimmy, and Ruby becomes pregnant. Well, no one in these circumstances wants Ruby and Shimmy together, really not even her Aunt Marie, maybe more so because she knows what kind of life that they're going to have down the road, but Shimmy's mother especially does not want this relationship or this baby to happen. So her answer is in exchange for sending her away early on so that no one knows that Ruby is pregnant, she's going to send her to a home for unwed mothers where she will have the baby and then place the baby up for adoption. She tells her she will pay for her college. You know, Ruby does love Shimmy and I they're 15, so I mean I get it, but Shimmy really does care about Ruby. This was a a beautiful, you know, courtship, I guess you would say, between the two, but Ruby also knows that she really doesn't have a choice if she ever wants to have a future and go to school and become this, so she chooses to go live at this place, and so I'm going to stop there with Ruby, and then we're going to talk about the other woman in the book, Eleanor Quarles. Eleanor is attending Howard University, where she meets and falls in love with William Pride. William is there studying to become a doctor. Um, I'm going to say exactly what the description said about William. It says he hails from an elite, wealthy black family, and Eleanor did not come. I guess she, she probably would be considered lower class, but she came from a very loving home. Her mother and father took care of her, worked two, three jobs to send her to college and to give her the life that they wanted her to have. Well, William's mother... It's, I don't think that you could say that she just didn't like Eleanor, but it wasn't who she wanted him to marry. She wanted him to marry, um, I think her name's Greta, I didn't write it down, but 
who also come from an elite family who had money, who had uh, a good upbringing, which Eleanor did, but it wasn't wealthy, I guess you would say. So she was very disappointed when William started dating Eleanor, and Greta was always nosing in on things, and of course Eleanor was jealous, but William only had eyes for Eleanor, and Eleanor becomes pregnant. So William proposes, and he says, you know, I love you. I want to be with you. I would want to marry you whether you were pregnant or not. So that begins their journey. Two very different journeys for both of these women. Uh, this story is told, like I said, from alternating points of view, Ruby and Eleanor. I loved both of these women, truly did. The gracefulness of Eleanor, who grew up in a loving home. And Ruby, you know, I, I said that she grew up um, rougher, but I don't really know that, I don't know that you'd say it was rough. Maybe her neighborhood was rougher, but it was different for both women. The character development was absolutely great, and like I said, it was just absolutely beautifully told. The author didn't bog you down with all this extra information. You found a deep connection to every different character in the book based on the information that the author gave. The alternating points of view was perfect to understand both of these women and where they were coming from and what they endured and I will say it was an emotional book and I did get a little teary-eyed when there is one part of the book where Ruby has given birth to her daughter and she actually does name her she names her Grace but she sings you are my sunshine and I always sang that to my oldest child probably every day when he was a baby. And so that just kind of made me think back to, you know, having him, and he was mine, I was keeping him, and here she was at 15, maybe 16 by now, having to get give up this little girl that she loved the second that she had her. But she had to make that choice. I've said from the get-go I didn't want to do spoilers on here, and I'm still not going to. I could change my mind later, but I don't want to ruin books for you, and then I don't want to make it to where you can only listen to this if you've read a book. But... The ending was perfect. I mean, it the story come full circle, and it was absolutely perfect. And I don't necessarily love perfect endings. You know, if somebody's supposed to die, then I want them to die. I don't want it to just be, I don't like mysteries that don't work out in what to me would be an, an obvious way. I want things to happen that should happen. And in this book, the ending was absolutely what should have happened, and it was just great. So I highly recommend reading that, even if you don't read it this month, put it on your TBR. Sadiqa Johnson has also written Yellow Wife, and I've seen lots of good reviews for that. I thought about seeing if maybe my library had that because I wouldn't care to read that because this was a great book, and it was very well written. So I read that. Also this month, I have read With My Little Eye by Jocelyn Jackson. Again, let me go ahead and throw out a shout-out to NetGalley and William Morrow for giving me this arc. It comes out on April 25th. I have never read anything by this author, but I own all of their books. I know that's strange. And I, I think probably the most popular one by them is Mother May I. I think it, that's what it's called. I should have looked that up. I did not. But it is sitting on the table right beside my chair. And I've thought, okay, I'm going to read that next and then just pick something else up. So I was really excited to see this when it came out on NetGalley. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right off the bat, it was a huge disappointment. 
and like I said, I've not read anything by this author. Maybe I would have known that had I read some of these other books, but it was just really not for me. So let me go ahead and tell you what the summary is of the book, and then I'll tell you what I thought. So Maribel Mills has a stalker. So she's kind of famous. She's been on TV. So this person has seen their stuff, and it comes to the point where she decides that she can't take it anymore. So she moves her and her daughter across the country to get away from them. So the whole time uh, that she's out and about in this new town, she constantly feels like she's being watched. Well, she knows she's being watched because she just has that. Well, I think all of us know when we're being stared at. So... It's just a constant back and forth over, you know, who's going to end up being her stalker. She's got several relationships going, and I don't know. It, it just, it, I don't know. I don't really even know how to explain it other than it's this woman who has a stalker and moves across the country, and it just doesn't meet up to the description of what this book was described to be. I didn't really even understand the book at all, honestly. When you read the description and the words that are used to describe it, it just didn't fly with me on this book. But in my review on Instagram, I put that I felt like it had identity issues. I really don't think this book knew which way it wanted to go. At times, it kind of felt like a cute romance novel because... She kind of had fallen for this neighbor, but he seemed to still be in love with his ex-wife, but really he wasn't. And then she had an old flame that moved back to town that she had broken it off with right before he left. And I don't know, it was just strange. And then at times, you've got all this stalking, and it's supposed to be serious stalking, and she's supposed to be fearing for her life, but I was never scared. I, I don't know. And I don't know. It said that it was a hair-raising story, and I promise you it is not. There's not one scary single part of it. And then, you know, you start thinking, she moved cross-country, and you know where she moved? She moved where her ex-husband was with his new family. And then she was looking at him outside of a restaurant, and I'm like, who is the stalker here? Because you're doing the exact same thing that you're complaining about to the police. I don't know. It was just backwards. There was really no suspense at, suspense at all. I really, honestly, the stalker, she called him Marker Man. By the end of the book, I could have cared less who it was. I really didn't care. It, I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't. I think it was just, it was not scary enough to be a hair-raising thriller read. The only aspect that I really did like in this book was the mother-daughter relationship between Maribel and she had adopted her daughter, Honor. I really liked Honor. The chapters with Honor and her friends were really good. I think um, she was autistic, so I really liked how they portrayed her and her dialogue and her, I just, she is a very likable character, but I mean, she wasn't even in the main plot of the book, so the part that I like was very minimal, but she really was great, so, and I know I'm being really hard on this book, but since I am, I really didn't even think that the title matched the story. I mean, she's being stalked, but nothing in this book matched any other part in this book. It's just so strange. That's all I kept that's all I kept thinking. The marker man wasn't even hiding. Like he was just out there in plain sight, stalking her. She could see him. I don't know. Just very weird. You may like this. Like I said, I've it just was not for me. If something is hair-raising, then I want it to give me chills. I want to feel all the feels, and I didn't feel 
any of the feels. So those are two of the books that I've read this month. Also this month, probably at the end of the month, I'm going to review The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz. That was a book that was to come out in February, and it is out. But I think I'm going to hold off till the end of the month. Next week, it's kind of hard because sometimes I don't, I'm like still kind of struggling to put together next week's episode, but I really feel like this is what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to talk about this book, but A Twisted Love Story by Samantha Downing, again, another arc that I got from NetGalley on Friday night. I squealed when I received this book. You can ask my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to shut everything down. I have to start reading right now. And I sat up for several hours that night, actually, because I go to bed pretty early reading. I love Samantha Downing. I love her books. And this is just as exciting as the other ones. So I'm thinking about reviewing just that book next week and then looking at all her other books. So I'm going to see. I think I own all of her books. So we may just have a Samantha Downing uh 15, 20-minute podcast next week, hopefully. And here's one of my problems, and let me give you one of my quirks. When I read a book, I pretty much forget it. (laughs) So I struggle with that. I have to, now that I'm doing this podcast, as I read, I try and take really good notes because I'm not joking. Within a day, I've completely forgot. And I don't know if it's because I read so much, I move on to the next plot, but, and I don't really try to read to remember. I guess I try to read to escape in a sense. So I'm not trying to read to tell everybody a year down the road about this book. So I really struggle with that and I'm trying to do much better about note taking. So most of these Samantha Downing books I read last year. So I may struggle a little bit. Of course, I've reviewed them on um, Instagram so I can go back and read those. But I really love this author. So I think that would be fun to just focus on one author next week. So I think that's what we'll do. I hope you all have a very good week. And again, I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. That's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to follow me at underscore dig the plot on Instagram and we'll see you right back here next week.